The Love Good Podcast is brought to you by our patrons. On top of being a media discovery platform and crowdfunding initiative, we are a grassroots movement that accompanies young people and artists who are transforming culture with beauty. Our patrons are on the front lines of discovering the world's best new music, books, and art before anyone else. Build the culture you've always imagined. Join the movement and become a patron today at lovegoodculture.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Love Good Podcast. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell. You are listening to Episode 6, Season 1. So many beautiful people like you listening all over the world. To our knowledge, at least three continents tuning in on a consistent basis, and we're just so honored by that. This is a very special episode. We'll be sitting down in a few moments with Deacon Ryan Adorjan. He's an old friend, a brilliant guy up in Joliet, Illinois. We have a really cool conversation today about freedom the nature of true freedom. What does it really mean uh, to not be enslaved to anything or to anybody, uh, but to have a real posture of freedom uh, over the course of a lifetime where we really essentially embrace the reality of things, as Deacon Ryan says quite beautifully in our conversation. And then, as always, beforehand, we'll be sitting down with Janae Trudell. We'll be talking really about the, the whole idea of of a word, the power of a word, what what it really means uh, to say that words formulate ideas and ideas have consequences, and most especially uh, what it looks like to really pursue our hearts. What does it mean to to follow that word in the depths of each of our hearts and and to do so in a way that is actually life-giving and that is actually authentic? So really cool conversations today. As always, we are so pumped about the beautiful people that are signing in and uh, following us on social media who are downloading our brand new free sampler at lovegoodculture.com. If you haven't done any of those things yet, please do so. We're only a couple of weeks away from Christmas. This is also a great time to become a patron, actually for free. Again, at lovegoodculture.com. A lot of beautiful things happening on our front. We are so excited to be on the journey with each of you. We'll be back in just a few moments. You can take your time. You've already taken my heart And if your heart be mine If your hand be free Oh, I, I, I wish Come run away with me Sun on your shoulder, brother. You just can't wait to kiss and hold her. When eyes and blue is Irish bliss, and legs for days, you just can't miss. Chance to say. That was Irish Girl by Chris Cole off of his EP, Full and By, currently only available on iTunes and lovegoodculture.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Love Good Podcast. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell, in the studio today with Junea Trudell. Hello. How are you doing? Really good. Really <laughs> good. good. We're really happy to, as always, have you back, Junea. I mean, it's really interesting. We've got this massive shipment now behind us by about 12 days, which means we've got hundreds of people out there, our patrons who are reading Chesterton, listening to your brand new album, enjoying Mike Mangione and the Kin. Mm-hmm. And it feels a little bit, actually for the first time to me, like I'm breathing again, uh, leading into the holidays. Uh, it's just really nice to be slowing down a little bit. Uh, how are you this time of the year? What's it like, especially given that I'm assuming this is your first December away from home, or at least this far away from home, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's I haven't especially haven't spent this this many months this far away. Um, it's great. Yeah, it does feel like the calm after the storm a little bit when so many beautiful things that have been just swirling around the house lately and uh, and chattering uh, about in the in the conversations of the team are finally out there. Um, mm. And it's so fun to get word back from home from my family and friends how this stuff is reaching them and yeah so and it was a total honor to have our little album in the in the mix there so yeah feels good I am excited I'll be home for a couple weeks so 
that's really exciting. And it, it's such yeah. a good project. I mean, the the reviews and the feedback have already been like tremendous, even from the first podcast when people got a glimpse of it. Mm. Now they're listening to it all the way through, so that's pretty exciting. And you know, the, the the thing that I often overlook as far as love good is concerned is something that. Um, you've already contributed massively to our guest later in the show has contributed massively to, and that's our blog. Mm-hmm. But even before you can talk about a blog, I think you have to talk about what we really mean by thought leaders. You know, we've had a lot of amazing artists and singer songwriters in the studio, even people like Leah Darrow, who is out there as a speaker, as an author, but folks who aren't necessarily doing something specifically artistic and creative with their lives and yet bringing beauty into the world. And in fact, really influencing the thought of many people, mm-hmm. um, that is still really compelling to me. And I think it's a, a big part of of building culture, of, of shaping people's hearts and minds and imagination. So even if we were to pull this conversation all the way back for a moment and just talk about the meaning of a word and actually realize that every word has uh, incredible depth and incredible meaning to it. And words come together to formulate ideas and ideas have consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's just not something I considered probably until I was in college. Mm-hmm. That, I, that that words are really deeply important and having a precision in our language is really, really critical. So here we are, both of us looking at the blog that you released only a few weeks ago. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a nice segue into the conversation we're going to have with Deacon Ryan Adorjan a little bit later about freedom. The name of the blog is The Repining Restlessness. But even just this initial idea that you offer about following your heart is something we've all heard growing up. It's something that our parents told us to do, our teachers and our coaches told mm-hmm. us to do. I don't know if this is a terribly historic reality. It's probably a bit of a modern reality that we even have the freedom, the concept in our minds of following our heart, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, maybe I've, as I was approaching adulthood, like in my teen years, especially when you're, everyone's like, so what are you doing with your life? <laughs> and uh, what's the plan? Um, and uh, almost like asking of me an objective uh, direction, and then also saying, follow your heart, <laughs> which was so confusing to me um, because it, it seemed to me that they were appealing to something that was that was totally subjective in me and, and hidden from me even. Like my heart, what 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 is that? Um, and uh, yeah, I graduated. I went on to uh, to a little college in Saskatchewan and um, like you were saying, started thinking for the first time like <laughs> basically that's what it felt like for myself at least thinking for myself um and quickly discovering um that my heart or you know whatever whatever that was follow, follow your heart the the desires and whims in me um were good fundamentally um but like weren't always to be trusted <laughs> like i just um would get dragged around um by by my heart that I was told to follow um, blindly sometimes. So, And that's so interesting yeah. because you, you talk about following your heart and you think, oh, that that's a, that's a sign of freedom. Someone who mm-hmm. lives from their heart, who lives and, and, and operates, you know, from, from the depths of their heart. Um, but obviously, the, if we don't really understand what we mean by heart, what we mean by desires, I mean, you put it here, I thought really intensely beneath (laughs) every ephemeral want is a bottomless desire right so so part of it is our hearts don't sink deep enough sometimes to even recognize those bottomless desires we we settle or we live from these ephemeral wants Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's almost um what at least for me, that's what the world was appealing to, was the surface level. And I quickly realized, oh, wait a second. Like, there's more to the story here. And, yeah, I, I encountered in myself this crazy restlessness um, when I would just try and follow my heart because it would just, like, lead me in circles. And it was uh, not appealing to the deeper questions in me. Um, and in order to answer those and... 
and satisfy that bottomlessness <laughs> in me, I had to move beyond myself. And I think that's the difference between something like freedom per se, or, you know, actually following your heart and, and liberation or, um, this, uh, this subjective pursuit within ourselves to find purpose in life. Um, and I tried that a lot <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was just spinning in circles. I feel like most of my life is spent somewhere in between, meaning I'm quite aware that I settle for a lot of these lesser desires, um, as you put them, ephemeral wants. Um, I think I asked you the definition of the word ephemeral last time, and I've already forgotten. <laughs> what does that it means, it, basically? It means like passing within a day, like yeah, temporary. Okay, yeah. yeah, very good. And uh, And I recognize that there's something deep within me that cries out for the infinite, mm-hmm. cries out for the forever as you put it in this blog. I, I guess what's hard is living in the in-between um, is really tough because I I know what I want deep down, but I still settle, right? I still fall into the traps mm-hmm. and the deceptions. Um, there's a lot of really good examples of this in my life. Some of them have to do with media, which is what we're always talking about around here. You know, some of the shows that I settle for watching because I'm bored or because I'm on a plane for 12 hours. Um, I'd say generally I don't really mess around with books. Like I only read books that I absolutely love and that I know are going to in some way capture or, or deepen what it really means to be human. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. Uh, but music, another great example, I, I settle for a lot of bass drop in my <laughs> life. And you know that as well as anybody. Yeah. Um, I have a great subwoofer in my car right now. Mm. Um, yeah, it's good. And it's a lot of fun. And just last night I was driving around downtown with a bunch of friends and, you know, it's it's Nashville. So you're driving down Broadway and the, the windows are down. And somehow in December you can still do that in Nashville mm-hmm. sometimes. And it was a beautiful night. And downtown was flooded with tourists and mostly bachelorette parties and people <laughs> with their beer in hand and live music pumping out of 200 venues, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's a, it's a kind of wonderful moment, but I think there's a reason I often like to drive through downtown and rarely do I really want to park, especially on a Friday night mm-hmm. when there's just craziness mm-hmm. and tourists everywhere. It's rare that I sit down uh, at, at a restaurant downtown or, um, find a, a tremendous amount of, of, of joy staying for much more than an hour. I mean, there's this ice cream shop I'm obsessed with, mm-hmm. and then I'm just ready to be done, mm-hmm. you know? Um, what is it that, you know, in me um, is like there's an existential crisis, you know? I wouldn't say it's like every moment of the day, but like every few months I'll just have this moment of reflection and I'll, I'll think to myself, like, what, what, okay, I need to reevaluate here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this, this pretty sincere examination of my life that has to take place on a regular basis to make sure that I'm still aware of the bottomless desires and not losing hope along the way mm-hmm. that they'll be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we need absolutely, I think I say somewhere in the blog, like without, without the hope that those things will be fulfilled it's just like any desire is just like tragic because mm. um, uh, the fact that we can that we can desire such things that are you know forever. Um, C.S. Lewis says it's it's evidence that we must be made for something not of this world, um, and uh, and of course we're gonna get stuck along the way. Like I t- I could go on another like huge list of. Um, like little, little satisfactions that I settle for every day. Um, but uh, I think it's Fulton Sheen. I was reading him uh, a couple summers ago and came across uh, something he said about building little cities on the side of, of the road that's leading to the ultimate destination you know you need to go to, but you get like we just get sidetracked and we end up building like these villages around things that just like don't last. And then we, Oh, well that's over. We get back on the road, walk for a while, get distracted, turn left again, build a little city, live there for a while. And then it's, it's, well, it's like your ice cream shop. It's like Mm. fun for a while. (laughs) We have to move on and we're meant to. Um, and those moments are going to happen. Um, the keys, to just like not get discouraged because we're human beings. 
um, we're not going to choose perfectly, but we can choose bravely. And that's, I think I also say that is something that um, I've just had to say to myself over and over and over again, just like feel deeply what you feel because you will feel deeply <laughs> like we all have desires. And if we don't, then we need to check that out. Um, so like, let yourself feel those things, but choose bravely what you're going to do with it and where you're going to direct it. Um, and, and don't lose hope and don't get discouraged when you, when you build a little city on the side of the road and live there for a while, <laughs> like, yeah. and hopefully that'll, that'll become less and less. Um, you quoted Johnny Mitchell on Instagram a few days ago <laughs> and mm. you, there was some reference to home or mm -hmm. the homeland. I, I suppose that's where the road is ultimately leading us, mm -hmm. right? Is, is home. Mm -hmm. Um, but we are still kind of living in the shadows. Yeah. I think C.S. Lewis describes the Shadowlands, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I suppose I, I need to be a little more aware of that, of that bright light, you know, that, um, that kind of lighthouse or that, um, I'm trying to think of a better image than that, you know, the, 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 the thing that points north, you mm -hmm. know, and is constantly bringing me back to the main point and the main thing. You said here, our, our aching desires act like pulleys that hoist us up toward the infinite from which they came. We all crave forever. Do you ever like think about the fact that what you write and what you sing is probably going to be like read or enjoyed by people hundreds of years from now? <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? Like, come on, that is good. We smell the feast, but we never get to partake. But if our hope persists... Those aching desires, they, they get us there. I mean, it's all, like, whether we can articulate it in a way or not, like all of us, all of us feel that. Um, the pulley, like the image of the pulley, George Herbert is one of my favorite po poets. Um, and he talks about in this poem, God literally make, making man full of blessing and, and glory and beauty and potential and strength. And at the last ingredient basically that he that he implants in him is this rest this repining restlessness so I stole the title of the blog from him um and he says uh if and if goodness if goodness and beauty lead him not to me if he gets stuck on those in in themselves which we can do sometimes is seek out beauty for its own sake and not beauty for you know beauty himself <laughs> or what art is supposed to essentially like draw us into instead of stopping at the canvas like a like an idol you know and and not moving past it so he says if, if goodness and beauty and and all of those things lead lead him not to me then maybe weariness and a repining rest restlessness will toss him to my breast <laughs> and um so it just it was so consoling to me the, the first time i read that um and maybe that's where this whole thought process hmm. bloomed from for me was oh that's why like the reason why that's in that's in me is is out of love like to to literally chase me to the heart of god to where i belong and so thank god that it's there mm -hmm. um where so often i feel tortured by it because i look around and nothing i know nothing here is going to satisfy it like doesn't mean we walk in the shadows with our hood up saying Meh, nothing's going to satisfy like that's that's isolation we have to we have to live and be hopeful but ultimately keeping our eyes on forever and eternity. I love this because, again, words have meaning. They, they formulate ideas and they have consequences. And so many times I've read poems, uh, even more so for me, books, heard songs that have done something. They've opened a chamber in my heart that previously didn't exist or a, a whole new level of, of awareness in my mind that I didn't have mm -hmm. previously. And so I suppose what might be interesting for all of us to consider is is do we use our words well? Yeah, choosing words is is a is a lifelong battle for me. Um, I grew up not reading a lot. Um, was public schooled, which was like fun in a lot of ways. Did not learn a lot, <laughs> and it definitely was not inspired um, very much. At, at least in you know uh, in the word department, where I had like a really innate love for for language and words. Um, but that was just not really, that wasn't fostered in me, especially in high school. So um, I feel like a baby in, in, the, in the world of it. I feel like kind of an infant learning how to, how to speak again and how to articulate myself. Um, 
So, but there's just so many ways that anyone can do that nowadays. And it starts with conversation. Um, it starts with prayer. <laughs> mm. And just like, literally, it's just bearing your heart, kind of cleaning off the window to it <laughs> so that people can see in. Um, and we do that by our words. One of the more enjoyable reflections I've heard from people who are listening to the podcast out there is that in some ways, this kind of conversation is fairly unique. I mean, even in my life, I don't sit down very often and talk about the meaning of words and why (laughs) they have consequences, you know? Um, All that to say, I think a lot of us, um, we just don't have a lot of rich, meaningful relationship uh, and conversation in our lives, certainly not on a day-to-day basis, right? So you're right. So much of this is almost learning a vocabulary and, and learning a way of being and a way of interacting, a way of uh, building and rebuilding our families, our homes, our communities, and ultimately the culture at large. Certainly going to the blog, lovegoodculture.com slash blog, has been really helpful for me as I hear your reflections. Uh, Deacon Ryan Adorjan, who's going to be on in just a few mm-hmm. moments, and so many other contributing bloggers who are just expanding my vocabulary. Not in a very like precise, like I'm learning how to say, you know, and, and pronounce and understand words like ephemeral. That's that's still true, <laughs> right? But just to to understand more actually what I'm I'm feeling and experiencing in life along the way. That's a, that's a huge gift we can give ourselves. Mm-hmm. So for all those who are out there, um, obviously read this blog by Jenea. Uh, it's amazing. In a few moments as we have Ryan Adorjan um, in for the show, uh, you're going to hear yet again um, a conversation that is a bit next level. We talk a lot about freedom. We talk about, you know, living uh, without anxiety, as he describes it, a profound disconnect with reality, but rather living with freedom, this ability to just be ourselves within reality. Um, That's some pretty rich stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to continue these conversations as the next many months unfold. Janae, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much, Jimmy. See you next time. That was Brother by Jay and Joe off of their debut album, Grounded and Light, currently only available to Love Good patrons. So check it out at lovegoodculture.com. Well, here we are on the Love Good podcast with Deacon Ryan Adorjan. We're in the beautiful village of Hinsdale, Illinois, maybe 30 minutes from downtown Chicago. And well, maybe we could start, Deacon Ryan, with just a quick introduction. Like, who are you? What are you about? Even our context of friendship is really pretty unique. Only about a year that we've known each other. You're one of the Love Good bloggers, and you and I have very similar hearts when it really comes to what it means to be human and and how do you engage and really bring about uh, a transformation of culture. We listen to a lot of the same music, read a lot of the same books, uh, but who are you? Yeah, thanks. It's good to be with you. Um, It's nice to be off of the keyboard for a while in the Love Good world and to be able to be um, on your podcast, which I know is something you're just getting started with. And it's good to be with you, especially at, at this conference where we're both here together. Um, we met last year, and I don't even remember how the the big, you know, little snow pebble got rolling and turned into an avalanche of friendship. But I think it started with the oh, hellos, probably. And coffee. And coffee, definitely, or at La Fortuna, for La sure. La Fortuna, yeah. If anybody out there is ever anywhere near Hinsdale... Uh, you've got to go to La Fortuna, this place I'm obsessed with. Brazilian coffee roasters. Yeah. They own the plantation in Brazil. Yeah. So when we one day launch Love Good Coffee, can you come and maybe cut the ribbon for us? Absolutely. That'd be sweet. That'd be anyway. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Coffee, I think, is probably the number one, followed closely by Jesus and the Holy Trinity, number two. Uh, that's a joke. And uh, yeah, the oh hellos. And, and like you said, just this whole li- library almost is the same the library on our physical bookshelves, but definitely sort of that library uh, of little sayings, of little inspirations, and of, of, of the belief of humanity, of the idea of being reborn in wonder, of the idea of being touched uh, so deeply, of course, by a supernatural experience, uh, you know, in the worship of God, but 
all of that is informed by this deeply human experience, which we can't escape from. You know, our humanity mediates everything. And that's what I love about Love Good. That's what I love about your mission. And I'm, I'm glad to be with you again. It's amazing. You know, we've had a lot of conversations, even in the last 36 hours, about freedom, about self-revelation. Yeah. I think everybody desires freedom. You know, what comes to mind for so many of us is perhaps the first day we ever drove a car all by ourselves. The first day we went off to college. And that last day of school at the end of the year leading into the summertime. These little moments of freedom that, that call to mind something deep within us, um, but actually only scratch the surface of, of true freedom. And even today you are helping us all remember what it means to, to have a freedom from and a freedom for and a freedom too. Uh, but I am curious, what do you mean by freedom, Deacon Ryan? What, what does it really mean to be free? I think the via negativa might be the best way in this question, especially because when you look at the world, what do you hear being spoken about? Freedom. I remember as a kid, we all tried to one-up each other in freedom. Well, I don't have a bedtime. Well, I don't have a dinner time. Well, the streetlights coming on means nothing to me. I can stay out after that, you know. Uh, my parents let me do whatever I want, and that was always the biggest argument. And, of course, we were all lying to each other. Our parents did not let us do whatever we wanted, but that's what made us seem cool because f- being free is cool. Um, so freedom, I think, is is sadly undergoing this kind of modern reduction where we just see freedom as an absence of bonds more than a freedom from or freedom for or freedom to. We see freedom kind of as an absence of just bondage. Well, I don't have anything on me. I have no obligations. You know, they, the, the other generations are always blaming us millennials for switching jobs and moving around every couple of years because we don't like being tied down. We don't want bonds. But freedom goes much more than that. And I actually think when we live a life without bonds, it's a bondage in itself. Uh, So the best way I've ever heard to define freedom is the ability to live as ourselves within reality, to be able to look at ourselves in the mirror and to just say, I'm who I am. I mean, for better or for worse, this is my human experience, that this thing, whether I like it or hate it, is a legitimate part of my story, of my lifetime, of my humanity, and it's part of me as me. But there's something really scary about this, right? You know, to turn in for a moment, self-reflect, to consider who we are, what it means to be human, specifically our identity. You know, sometimes we don't like what we see. I don't always like what I see for that matter. And just a few weeks ago, we had a really wonderful conversation with Catherine Cimarelli on the podcast, specifically about silence and how silence, it, it forces us to reckon with ourselves. And do we like what we see in the silence? How does one move towards freedom? How does one move towards that person you're describing that lives with this confidence that is clearly rooted in something far beyond themselves? I think the most difficult time of day for me is that sweet moment, right, when you turn off the light and you slide into bed. And for the first time, maybe in 12, 14, 16, 18 hours, it's just dark and quiet and it's Mm. just you. And... Somebody told me once, the thing that you truly love is what you think about as you fall asleep. Mm. But I think you could add the thing I also hate. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Or just these major affective movements of the day. That's the worst time of the day because that's the one time of the day where you are by yourself. Totally. 100% face-to-face with who you are. Mm. Oftentimes, the stuff within us that we don't really like. Mm. And everybody's got hurts in their hearts. And everybody's got... um, this desire to sort of get rid of those things. And it's hard for us today, especially as people of faith, because the world wants to get rid of God, not, I I don't think, anymore as it was maybe earlier in the 20th century where it was truly a hostility toward religion. Now I think it's an indifference toward religion or religion is more of an obstacle um, to my happiness. But we don't really think of ourselves being made in his image, which is, of course, that great foundation. It's the greatest aspect of the Judeo-Christian tradition, that somehow this God, this, this you know, King of kings and Lord of lords, this mighty God, this faraway deity, is actually coming so close to me as to breathe life into me and then make me in his image, which is just bizarre, and it's why so many people in the early church had trouble accepting him, 
accepting the idea that that crazy notion of God then would become a man and live our life and die our death. That's crazy talk. And uh, as a lot of the fathers used to say, that's why we believe it is because nobody would make it up. So when we remove the concept of ourselves as created in the image and likeness of God, then we remove at the same time our telos, our our end. We remove any kind of uh, long-term meaning to being a human person. So if I'm not made in anybody's image and nobody really cares that I'm around and I'm not made for anything, then what's the point? You know, why am I suffering in the first place? Because nothing should bother me if, if all of that is true. But it also provides, or I should say, takes away a great deal of encouragement and of motivation to pursue something greater than myself, outside mm-hmm. of myself. And so I think when we lose that conception of ourselves as made in the image of God, then we lose to that goal, that sense of, of going somewhere, of being directed or made for someone and something greater than ourselves. And I think we're I mean, obviously made for love, but what is love? You know, or what does love ultimately desire? How do we get to love? Um, one day I was, I don't know what I was reading, but this concept of, of love speaking just came to me. Love speaks. Uh, and what does it say? I think it, love says freedom, you know. Love speaks the truth always, and the truth will set us free. That's what we believe. So to be made in the image and likeness of God makes, it, it puts this, this urgency within me. I have got to become free. I have got to become healed and mature. Why? Uh, not so I can go conquer the world or become some big shot spiritual leader or become a like, you know, I'm going to be the next, you know, canonized saint on the list or something. But baby, so that I can be me. Yeah. I just want to be me. And that's, I think, what it boils down to. And so the obstacles to that are the world which says, I don't really care about you. Just be productive. Just give me results. And you have others around you who are so scared of themselves and the things that they've done. And so, like I said, we, we can either deal with things by, you know, going somewhere with them and using them to kind of be who we're called to be and made to be, or we get rid of them by medicating them away. We slam them down. I think we were talking about this at dinner the other day, and it didn't really work on you because you're from Nashville, but... Um, up here in Illinois, I, I like to use the image of, of the stuff going on inside of us, and we, we try and shove it down. And it just gets what happens when you just pack snow on top of, of itself. It becomes ice after a while. And it's the same thing that happens, I think, inside of the human. When we just mm-hmm. shove our stuff down away from the light, away from the truth, it becomes mm-hmm. hard and extremely difficult to get rid of. You mm-hmm. know? But it is easier to shovel a snowy driveway than an icy one. So to deal with the things when there's still snow is much easier than when they become hard and compacted. And we meet people who are not free. Sometimes it's hard to see why they're not free, but a lot of people, you can just kind of look at them or hear them talk, and it's usually all about them justifying self-preservation, self-sustaining. But it's not about sustaining our life. It's about dying, and it's about just becoming more and greater and not merely maintenance. Yeah. No, it sounds like freedom demands courage. A huge which, amount. Which we've been talking about the last couple of days, you know, huge here in, in Hinsdale at this conference. You know, freedom demands courage, which uh, is very uncomfortable to shine those lights in those corners of our life and our, in the corners of our soul that we're not proud of, um, but that actually once uh, brought into the light and that process of freedom and redemption unfolds, uh, the, the joy is what you see. It's a joy that follows. Huge know. amounts of joy. I'm thinking about the kids that we just passed by a few moments ago on the playground. And, um, you know, they, they, they're quite willing to accept the boundaries of that playground, the fact that there are fences on all sides to keep them safe. And there's been really interesting studies, even in the last five to ten years, about kids that have a fence around their playground they are able to play with greater freedom and with greater almost recklessness because they know that they're safe, right? And so there's a freedom even in the child who's willing uh, to accept the boundaries of a playground, the the freedom that comes in an artist willing to accept the the confines of their canvas. They just start throwing paint in every direction. They'll never make anything beautiful, right? So what is this this paradox or this this interplay between between freedom uh, and then also boundaries? And, and what role does courage play 
and allowing us to experience that freedom? And then what is this joy really that we, we should see afterwards? That's a really big question. <laughs> That's okay, because I think we already answered it earlier, to be honest with you, in the sense that we, the modern reduction of freedom is, is freedom is merely the absence of bonds. If only I could get rid of those fences around my playground, then I would be truly free. Well, like you just said, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, people, we need this kind of boundary, and I think the boundary in our, in our case is called reality, that the bond that you're always going to be faced with, if you see it as a bond, is called reality. That this or that thing is just true, and I can't change it. Mm-hmm. I can't walk away from it. I can't walk over it. I can't, you know, what's that old song? So high, you can't get over it. You ever heard that? I don't think so I've heard that So low, you can't go under it. So wide, you can't go around it. Better go through the door. Is this like an old campfire song? Sure is, yeah. Sweet. Sure is, from a days at camp. Yeah, I was never a camper. Nah, me either. No yeah. way. Yeah. 100% no. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was a Cub Scout, and then I became an Eagle Scout, and I quit at Tenderfoot, which, as you know, is the lowest one. And that's when I joined band. So Tenderfoot, that's really what they call it. Yeah, Tenderfoot. Ain't nobody want to say it, Tenderfoot status. No. At least not a young man. No, exactly. So like I said, you can deal with it by going through it, or you can quit. <laughs> and in that case, I quit. <laughs> I sure did. But it, it comes back to the modern reduction of, of freedom. Is it the absence of bonds or is it is or the bonds that we call reality, are they meant to help us and kind of foster us along? The great image that I love is like a bowling lane. You are a terrible bowler when you first learn how. You're throwing gutter balls every time. And you feel so stupid asking to put the bumpers up. But the bumpers are what is going to help you end up blowing a strike. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Use the bumpers to your advantage and help them, let them help you to see what it is you need to be doing in order to get the ball down. It's not about looking like I have no boundaries. Baby, it's about bowling strikes. And I want to strike. That's what I want. Yeah. So it's a great bowling lane of life analogy. Um, Again, that ability to live as ourselves within reality it is to say, this is who I am, this is what I'm about, and these are the things that are facing me. And we think that our life is defined by overcoming obstacles, by, re- by getting rid of the wounds with inside of us, um, by uh, conquering the boundaries. But our life, the context of our life, the content of our life, isn't getting rid of all that stuff. It's about living that stuff well. Mm. Living, wholehearted living. That's the great phrase of of Brene Brown, isn't it? Mm. Wholehearted living. It's not about running. It's not about hiding. It's not about shame. But it is about me as me being me. And I'm trying, you know, I, I have this problem inside of me, this very painful thing, maybe from my past, maybe this great element of shame. And I don't want anyone to know about it because I want to protect myself. But that is just, it just leads to further wounding because now you have the original wound, but then built up around the original wound, you have the fear of other people's reactions. And then around the fear of other people's reactions, since you begin to fear them irrationally, you get this sort of existential angst going on and your ability to communicate and to relate with other people is skewed because now you're not sure if you can trust them or not. And it becomes anxiety, you know? Anxiety, I think, best defined as just a profound disconnect with reality. Mm-hmm. And I know my own, I mean, I struggled a bunch with anxiety in my life. And I know that when I started to really get help for my anxiety, that has been a huge catalyst to freedom in other areas of my life because you remove all these false notions of the world. You've created the world in Ryanville in your head. And Ryanville, while a very attractive place, is also not real. <laughs> it doesn't exist. The world, according to Ryan, doesn't exist. But the world, according to reality, does exist. And coming to it's coming to be in that world is like walking, honestly, out of like a sixth grade classroom at 2.30 p.m. that smells like B.O. and angst. And you step outside in that fresh fall Illinois air, and you're just like, yes, Jesus, yes, I love this smell. That's what it's like. And that's the beginning to taste of freedom. And of course, as we know, uh, it's the same from those wonder discussions that we've had. The more you encounter freedom, 
the more you want freedom, the more you drink from that well, the more you want to drink from it, and the more you want to say, hey, everybody, come and look at this well that I'm drinking from. So it's the choice. Am I going to be, how am I going to see freedom? That's the paradox, I think. Is it the modern reduction, the absence of bonds, or is this bond, this thing called reality, and my issues, are these really an invitation to live well into freedom and truth? I think freedom comes through truth and more truth comes through freedom and then freedom comes through truth and then more truth comes through freedom and it becomes a beautiful cycle. Here we are again with Jessamine Anderson, How to Build Culture. How are you this week, Jimmy? Really good. So, you know, it's been really fun over the last few weeks to hear some pretty practical things from you about how we can respond to this call that perhaps many of us are feeling to build a better culture. So what do you have for us this week? Well, a lot of you have probably downloaded our awesome winter sampler. And if you haven't, fix it. Go to our website. Get it today. It's only there for a limited time. We've gotten a lot of great feedback about it. But our problem is that we only know so many people and we would love your help sharing the winter sampler. So we are launching a referral program in early 2018, but we're piloting it right now with our closest friends and our podcast listeners. You guys are the first people to hear about what we're doing. So if you're interested in maybe getting your hands on some Love Good merch by simply sharing a link, that's literally it. You're sharing a link with your friends and family to download the sampler. You can email me, Jessamine, at info at lovegoodculture.com, and I will share more information with you on exactly how you can do that. Well, we're talking pretty much free merchandise. Anything you want any one thing (laughs) that you want from the website, and then an absolutely exclusive pop socket. Last I checked, there's only 25 people on planet Earth with that pop socket, and those are our highest level patrons, so you could also have one on your phone as well. And uh, just a really cool chance and an excuse, really, to get the word out about an excellent and also very free sampler right now that's going to be only up on our store, only up on our website for a few months longer. So thanks so much for that, Jessamine. We'll see you next week. Bye, Jimmy. As we've been talking about freedom, Deacon Ryan, one of the things that's coming to mind for me is, you know, how can we surround ourselves with culture, maybe even more specifically with media that helps set us free, right? There's a lot out there by way of music, books, art, film, and otherwise that in in a sense enslaves us or it shackles us to ourselves, to Ryanville or Jimmyville, as you put it. It just turns us in on ourselves. You know, what are some books, films, albums that you've been enjoying lately that, in fact, have pulled you out of yourself? Maybe, uh, sure, been a source of of great enjoyment, even uh, authentic leisure, uh, but in a very real way has helped you in that process of being set free. I want to recommend first a very basic mantra as a way of discerning these kinds of media items. Because, well, it works for me. Like, I'm weird, so maybe you won't like what I say. But this mantra of a victory of freedom is a victory for truth. So you know when you read something or you see something that is just ultimately human and what's just truly human, you know? So find the things that for you speak to the deepest places in your humanity. If a song is speaking to you in your sadness, what is the song saying to you? If a song is speaking to you in your anger, in your unforgiveness, what is it saying to you? If a, be- if a beautiful piece of art, a painting or a statue evokes some very deep, fuzzy thing in you, what is it evoking? What truth in you is it evoking? Because that's what's going to lead you to freedom. A victory of freedom is really just a victory for truth. And that's why courage is so important to be able to reveal that. Um, and so for me, I mean, I'm, as I said before, I'm a huge musical guy. So some of the big musicals right now, uh, just won the Tony Award in 2017 for Best Musical is Dear Evan Hansen. I love Dear Evan Hansen. It has been, uh, some guys at the seminary say that that's just the story of my life, this awkward, anxious kid who struggles an immense amount with who he is and what he's about and just ruins everything without trying to. Um, but awesome, awesome music in there too. There's a great musical about 9-11 called Come From Away, which is just a great story. It helps me to be strong when I listen to it. Um, just a bunch of great artists. I don't know, the 1975, one of my favorite artists, Head in the Heart, definitely the Oh Hellos, of course. Um, gosh, which album is it? It's uh, Through the Deep Dark Valley is kind of my melancholic mood Oh Hellos album, and then Dear Wormwood is more of my upbeat one. Um, 
and their Christmas album too, the Oh Hello's Family Christmas album. I haven't even heard that. You have got to listen to that. I listen to that in July when I'm sad. <laughs> I mean it. That makes me in such a good mood. Um, I also want to recommend another musical called Fun Home, which won, I think I won a Tony a couple years ago. Um, just a very, very good, about a struggling family, um, which is very similar to my own story. So I love that. Um, in terms of books, anything by Michael O'Brien, you got to read. Island of the World, Theophilus is my favorite one, definitely. Um, Sophia House, though, the Sophia House trilogy with uh, Father Elijah, Elijah in Jerusalem, Fool in New York City. Wendell Berry. Have you read any Wendell Berry? Just a little bit. Excerpts. All right. Jaber Crow is where you got to start. Nice. I'm reading now. A, uh, it's called Hannah Coulter, which is just part of his Port William series. If you want to read a book about what it means to be a human being, read the Port William series by Wendell Berry. Awesome. Jaber Crow. Hannah Coulter is shorter, so I would do that. Um, I love to read. Um, Man, any kind of music that you can get your hands on from the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, anything that they're doing. I'm biased, of course, because they're in my hometown here, but I love them. The Holst Suites are really, really good. And in fact, being a concert band guy myself, I would recommend the, the concert band arrangements of them, specifically from Eugene Migliaro, who's the director of the North Texas Wind Symphony. Those are on iTunes. It's almost like you came prepared for this moment, Deacon Ryan. That is the most thorough series of recommendations we've ever had from anybody on yeah. this podcast. Yeah, well, they're all in my head. And I'm also looking at my iTunes playlist right here. So yeah, yeah. that's helping me. Now, this is all really, really good. And we're talking more and more about what we call the love good standard. What does it mean to lead with beauty, rooted in truth, that ultimately transforms? And, uh, you know, great media does that. But most importantly, so too do our lives. And I just want to thank you for continuing to be a witness of that in my life and in those who get to read alongside uh, the, the Love Good blog, all that you're constantly putting out. How can people stay in touch with you moving forward? Are you on social media? What are ways that people could even potentially book you in to come in as a speaker? I know you're doing a lot of traveling and you're also moving more and more towards a lot of kind of local uh, work and yeah. mission here across the Diocese of Joliet. But how can people follow you? Sure. Um, for any fossils that still exist, I'm on Facebook. You can find me there, R-Y-A-N-A-D-O-R-J-A-N. i got to spell it. Um, RyanAdorjan.com, though, is the best place to go, www.RyanAdorjan.com. That's my blog. I post all my Sunday homilies there as well, audio and text. Um, and my email is there as well under the About Me page. I do. Um, I love to do parish missions. I'm doing a lot more now, so I'm totally available if people want that. Give me a, give me a holler. I'd love to come. Um, but also on Twitter and Instagram, RM Adorjan there as well. So, but look me up on Love Good, but definitely RyanAdorjan.com is the place to find me. It's awesome, Beacon Ryan. Well, it's a pleasure to have you in today. Look forward to doing this again sometime. And we got to get you down to Nashville. I want to come down there so bad. We'll make it happen sooner than later. Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Good, thanks. I can see the airplanes flying high. It's just me. Smoked out cigarettes. I'm staring at a high wire crucifix, and I'm praying, yeah, I'm praying for some guidance on a rooftop in Suffocating in the night air. That was Baltimore from Kevin Hyder off of his double disc masterpiece called The Spark. Got to go check it out at lovegoodculture.com and also on iTunes. Also, just go check out kevinhyder.com. This guy's amazing, one of our favorite contributing artists. We're now coming to the end of this episode. It's been a beautiful ride today with Deacon Ryan Adorjan from Joliet. Illinois is always with our content director, Jenea Trudell. And this is that point in the show where we get to have one of you ask a question. So this is coming in all the way from Pensacola, Florida, Max Salamita. Here we go. Hello, this is Max Salamita from Pensacola, Florida. Um, and on this last episode, you've been talking about freedom. And I just um, wanted to ask a question. Um, what is the point in freedom and how do we achieve such a thing? What is the point of freedom and how do we achieve such a thing? That's a really interesting thing. We've been talking about freedom this entire episode, but what's the point of it? Really, why? Why freedom? 
why embrace it? Why care to understand it? Why fight for it? You know, it really is a great question, Max. You know, freedom is somewhere, I think, in the core of the human experience. We all want to be free. You know, it's part of why we resist so strongly in the depths of our being any form of slavery. You know, I just was at a show last night, Drew and Nellie Holcomb playing at the Ryman Auditorium here in Nashville, and they've partnered with an amazing organization that does a lot to fight human trafficking, really human slavery across the world. The stat that Ellie gave last night is there's 38 million slaves on planet Earth right now, and they just feel tremendously called to do everything they can as a family, as a couple, as touring artists to put an end to slavery. And I think there's something in all of us that longs to be free, that, that longs for that dignity that comes in knowing that nobody's forcing our hand. And that's what's so interesting, actually, for a Christian, right? For those of us who have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that actually our greatest freedom is slavery to him. And this is a great paradox and not one we have time to discuss right now. But in the fact, you know, the more we surrender to him, uh, the more that we give Jesus full control and full reign on our lives, uh, the, the more freedom we're going to have. And so, you know, the freedom thing is so important across the board, but there's no quicker way to it than the gospel. Uh, there's no quicker way to it than relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, who constantly sets us free, who constantly pulls us out of ourselves and makes sure that we're not just a, a slave to our desires, a slave to our passions, all these things that all of us struggle with. So great question, Max. Uh, as always, check out lovegoodculture.com. We've got loads of events coming up, especially at the beginning of 2018. Again, you got to go get that free winter sampler. Tell everybody you've ever known to get it. We've now got a referral program where all you got to do is basically tell your friends to get this sampler Sign them up for it, and we'll just start sending you all kinds of cool free stuff. Jessamine told you all about that in our segment today, so definitely check that out. Next week on the show, we have an American Idol winner, the one and only Chris Allen. All right, this guy's awesome. We put out his vinyl Christmas record to all of our founder-level patrons just a few weeks ago, and uh, he's an amazing guy. Cannot wait to sit down and talk with Chris Allen just to hear a bit of his story, hear about his Christmas tour that he's on right now. In fact, that the date that that podcast releases is when he has a show here in Nashville. And uh, again, if you're a big American Idol fan, this is going to be the episode to not miss. So Chris Sound's going to be on next week. And as always, make sure you uh, stay in touch with us online, social media. Reach out to us if you have a question you want to ask us next week. Uh, anything at all, especially as we enter into this Christmas season more deeply, all you got to do is email us an audio recording or a voice memo at content at lovegoodculture.com. We'll look forward to hearing from you. And as always, hope you guys have have a beautiful week. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. Tell your friends all about us, stay in touch on social media, and be sure to stop by iTunes or Stitcher to give us a review. Massive thanks to all of our patrons who make this podcast possible. On top of being a media discovery platform and crowdfunding initiative, we are a grassroots movement that accompanies young people and artists who are transforming culture with beauty. Our patrons are on the front lines of discovering the world's best new music, books, and art before anyone else. Build the culture you've always imagined. Join the movement and become a patron today at lovegoodculture.com.